You ready to rock and roll? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's up to you. I'll just gonna count it down, and whenever you want to do the intro, okay. I'm like nervous. (laughs) Three, two. One. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Two Massage Therapists and Microphone Podcast. His name is Mark. He's a registered <laughs> massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And he's got a real cool guest sitting on the couch today. <laughs> nice, nice. We do have a cool guest sitting on our couch, taking over my job. You have been replaced, sir. I'm easily replaceable. <laughs> in, in all parts of my life, you I'm easily replaceable. You are irreplaceable, Mark. Oh, that's nice. I don't think so, but... I think it's. I think it takes a. It takes a little bit to 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 really be able to not take yourself too seriously and be like, you know what? Don't listen to anything I have to say. I'm just a dude with some opinions on stuff, and don't fucking take me too seriously ever. And I don't think anyone should be taking that seriously ever. But that's just me. What do I know? Speaking of opinions, wow. hey everyone, <laughs> it's Amanda, and I am not the one with the opinions today. Our real cool guest sitting on our couch, as usual, walked in here with the brightest colors and the best animal prints. We've got Nikki back for round God knows what. Four. Well, this round makes a lot of four. sense. It's it's the beginning of season five. Yeah. Let's 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 start with our cool fucking guest. She's always here at the beginning of the year because it's yeah. always right after travel, right? No, but I haven't I mean, traveled haven't. for two years. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, so depressed. Really? Yeah, it's coming up on two years since I've been on a plane, and I honestly think this is a, a record for me. I don't think I've ever gone two years since birth. But you can travel now. It's discouraged leisure travel. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not at ready At the end of the yet. day, no one says you can't jump I on wouldn't, a plane. I wouldn't want to be on a plane right now. It's just another thing that, what's the point? Like, I, I don't know. Then you end up somewhere and you're like, oh, this is this place just doesn't give a shit about COVID. Like, I'm, I'm somewhere where just people are just living. And then maybe that's just good for you. Yeah, and I would if never forgive myself if I like contracted it and then brought it back and spread it. Gotcha, so gotcha, I'm, gotcha. I'm going to wait this one out. Some new wild variant that Nikki brings yeah, back. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't want to be patient zero for anything. I don't want it. That's, that's not true. how I want to get on the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be famous for something yeah, other than that. that. Not that. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So this will be uh, round four for Nikki. And we're doing part two of Nikki's unpopular opinions. Like unpopular and this opinions. is coming at a good time. Aside from being the beginning of season five, um, Nikki is also moving into the world of education. Education. She's developed a, talking, a webinar. A yeah, she's developed a webinar that Con Ed is working on her with. So she's going to be teaching here with us in the first quarter of this year. Um, she's also, it, last year we had her um, on the panel, the student day panel for the Canadian Massage Conference. Yep. She's probably going to be, be doing that, that again. Yep. So we, yeah. We, already, we were already talking about that. The next time we do that, you were like, yeah, Nikki's in the mix for sure. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. So yeah, she's moving into our world now. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have reeled me in. Do you find that uh, you get a little bit more hate when you join this side of it, when you start to throw yourself all over the place? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a loud mouth and I'm quite active on the internet. Like, you'll find me in... I'm Nikki, by the way. My name's Nikki for those who are tuning in for the first time. Um, yeah, I'm quite active on the Facebook groups and uh, I'm very opinionated. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I've made some enemies for sure. Do you like having the enemies, though? I don't, no, you? I don't like it. It's, why, why don't you like it? Well, Tell me why don't you like it? Do you like it when people are mad at you? I guess you guys kind of laugh I, at actually, the I negative do, reviews yeah, you get. <laughs> I don't mind, actually. Don't, don't let me in there. I don't like any of it. I accept it as a reality that when you put yourself out there, there's going to be people that don't like what you have to say, that That's don't inevitable. like you. That's inevitable. And I can be at peace with that. I don't need 
validation from every single person. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I like it when somebody says something negative about me? I'm like, well, that's not cool, man. You're just making a snap judgment off of whatever. But you know, you do you. I'll here's, be fine. Here's what I don't like about it. I don't mind if people want to criticize me or my beliefs or my policies. Um, you know, I talk a lot about money and being yep. firm with policies and, you know, running a business as a massage therapist. And if people want to criticize me for that, I don't have a problem with receiving that criticism. What I really don't like is when they criticize me in a public forum and that criticism discourages other massage therapists from following suit. That's what I don't like. So I've had a ton of massage therapists call me. I've been called greedy. I've been called insane. I've been called out of touch. I've been called mean. I've been called all kinds of names yeah. because I'm expensive and because I actually enforce my cancellations. I honor my my cancellation policy. Um, and I don't mind people calling me those names. What I don't like is when other people, other women specifically, see those comments yeah. and think, oh, well, I can't raise my rates because people are going to think I'm greedy. Mm. That's what I don't like. When you criticize me and it discourages other women. Right. That's when I get defensive, but I don't mind the criticism myself. I can take it. Just don't drag other women down. Hmm. Interesting. That's my stance. But I mean, like Amanda said, it's inevitable. Yeah, I I will chuckle if if you think that you can avoid it. I would chuckle that you would get upset about it because it's expected. I don't know, unless you're Justin Bieber and you can't even leave your you leave your house without a camera in your face. Yeah, but I'm not that that's, famous. That's not us. So. <laughs> I've been called a massage celebrity, but I'm not like get stopped on the street famous. Right. I'm get Facebook message famous. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Right it's on. a whole other kind of famous. <laughs> <laughs> can I talk about our course? Can we can we pimp it? Yeah, sure. So pimp away. Uh, Only if your pimp hand is strong. It's super strong. I've been working it out. <laughs> Sorry, that was. I've been listening to a lot of like '90s hip hop. So I'm super <laughs> excited. I'm launching a course with Con Ed Institute with Mark and Amanda from Con Ed Institute. It's called the New Massage Therapist Toolkit, and it is a webinar for current massage therapy students, recent graduates, or even massage therapists who have been out there for a few years and they're just kind of lost or burnt out. This is Everything that I wish I knew when I was a new graduate, when I was first getting out there and starting to work, and pretty much everything that I've learned in like the past six and a half years of being a massage therapist. It's it's mentorship for new therapists, recent grads, and we are launching that through Con Ed Institute on Saturday, March 26th yep. at 11 a.m. Eastern. Nice. And there will be a replay if you can't make it live. And if you want more, more information and to register for the webinar, you can go to conedinstitute.com. Right on. All right. Would you also recommend that for someone, say, that's been working in like one place? They've never worked anywhere else. They went straight from graduation and they ended up, say, in a multidisciplinary clinic and they've been there for three, four, five, six years and they don't know anything else. Uh, in terms of what there is for work, what other setups are like, is it, would you also recommend it for someone like that? That's an excellent question. Yes, actually, yeah, that's a really good question. I worked at several different places. I worked at a spa. I worked at a chiropractic clinic. I worked at a, a massage studio. So I do, and I and now I run my own practice. So I think I've got a little bit of wisdom to impart about different work scenarios. But yeah, right. definitely, I have a friend who got out and all that he's done is spas right just for the past six years it's just spas and i'm always telling him like 
if you're not happy, there's another world out there. Cool. Yeah, this is exciting. And, you know, part of the reason, I mean, I, I think Nikki would have ultimately ended up doing this at some point anyway, but part of the reason is there have been people that have listened to her on the podcast, particularly her unpopular opinions, which we're about to get into, which, by the way, before we do, we're going to pour wine. It's five minutes until it's afternoon and it's acceptable. So. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you have to at least be in the afternoon hour. I mean, I can do that thing where I set my watch ahead by five minutes just to like Beautiful. make sure I'm on time. But part of uh, the reason that this webinar kind of came up are people have been messaging Nikki and us, you know, asking us when are you going to have Nikki back to do some more unpopular opinions really? or when you join in on our um virtual networking evenings, people like the wisdom that you share there. So I think it was, you know, partially something you wanted to do. But I think also you you saw the demand, right? People were saying, I want to hear more from you. And now you can. You just got to pay for it this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you can pick my brain all you want, but you got to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So before we start with the unpopular opinions, for anyone who doesn't know who Nikki is, although I think most of our listeners have heard at least one of your past three or four episodes, um, quick intro who you are, and then let's jump into some of your stuff. Yeah, so my name is Nikki. I am a registered massage therapist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I have a women-focused home practice in the West End of Toronto, and I'm a loudmouth and a feminist, <laughs> and I'm very opinionated, and this is my fourth visit to the to Massage Therapist and Microphone Podcast. Nice. And I am very excited to be here. Right on. I'm pouring wine. Please, yay. All right, let's jump into it. Let's jump right into it. Let's hear your unpopular opinion number one. I feel like we're doing a, we should start from- We'll do a recap. I'll do a recap. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I did this last time. I'm going to do it again because I don't want to receive hate mail. My little warning <laughs> before I get into these- Disclaimer. Disclaimer. These are just opinions. I'm not stating anything as fact. My opinions are fluid. Sometimes they change when I'm presented with new information or a different perspective. And I'm opening to hear, open to hearing other people's perspectives. Just, you know, be cool, be chill. Don't be mean about it. Um, I'm going to make some sweeping generalizations like men are like this and women are like this and massage therapists always do this. And of course, there are outliers. And of course, there are exceptions to every rule. And I know it's 2022 and there are more than two genders, but I am going to make some generalizations just for simplicity. And I'm open to healthy debate. I'm not interested in fighting. I have no room in my life for anger or name calling. So if you call me names or come at me with the pitchforks, I'm really, I'm just going to block you. Mm. <laughs> so don't bother. I dig it. Let's um, it. Okay. I'm going to do a quick rundown of the unpopular opinions that I did on the last episode. So number one, money isn't evil. Number two, there's money to be made in massage therapy. Absolutely. Number three, being a woman dominated profession holds us back. Uh, number four, split is overrated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I talk more about that in the new massage therapist toolkit webinar, by the way. Nice. Number five, the business owner should fill your schedule. Mm -hmm, I remember that. Uh, number six, everyone is undercharging. Number seven, sex work is real work and not all Johns are creepers. Mm -hmm. Number eight, of course, massage therapy is sexualized. Mm. Number nine, discrimination isn't always bad. And number 10, a policy is not a punishment. Mm -hmm. Did you get a lot of, because that was in a, a group recently, I think you were you posted the number of cancellations that you had in December I and that you're talking about. Talk about that really quick. Yeah, I had 53 cancellations in December. So I work from home. I work four days a week, give about maybe like 75 massages a month if I'm, you know, in like a fully booked month where I'm not taking a ton of vacation. 
And uh, I had 53 cancellations in December, which is that averages three per workday and 70% of my income for the month. That's a big fucking chunk. That's a lot. Are these are these cancellations just like, hey, I'm not coming in or hey, like I've got COVID or hey, like everything, everything everything under the sun. I mean, so December, if you're a Canadian massage therapist, especially if you're in Ontario, massage therapy is covered by insurance. For most people, insurance runs out at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So the there's always the end of the year rush, like November, December, always busy for Ontario massage therapist because everybody's looking to cash in their benefits before they expire so november december are when you get all kinds of new people you get all kinds of people booking you know all kinds of massages and what happens is i end up being fully booked for the year by like september or october and so part of it is just if if you're it's if it's September and you're booking a massage for mid December, mm-hmm. you might not be able to think that far ahead. And then all of a sudden December rolls around and your plans change. So a lot of it was people are out of town, right. people change their plan. Like a lot of it was just regular life stuff because they can't think that far ahead, which gotcha. I get. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it was just holiday stuff. Yeah. You know, I've got this holiday party or I'm skipping town or I'm going to my mom's for this Christmas dinner or whatever. That always happens too. Um at COVID didn't help, you know, we're in a pandemic and the numbers have been all over the place. And, um, I truly appreciate it when people cancel, even if at the slightest sign of any illness, like though I've had people call me and say, look, it's probably just allergies, but I want to play it safe. So I'm going to cancel. And I always appreciate that. That So any sign of illness or the kids sick, or there was an outbreak at the kids school and at the kids home, like there was a lot of COVID stuff. And then towards the end of December, like the last week or two, that's when people started canceling just out of precaution. People saying, look, I'm monitoring the numbers. They're going up. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to stay home. So it was it was just a whole smorgasbord of 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 reasons, um, all valid, you know, and then you've got winter in Canada. So I had like I had somebody who said, hey, I drove in, I just drove into a ditch yeah. and I'm not going to make it or my car won't start or it, every reason under the sun. 53 reasons I had. And you can feel for all these people. Like you said, they're all valid reasons. Mm -hmm. But had you not enforced your policy, you would have lost 70% of your income. Exactly. So I'm really lucky. This is partly by design, but also partly just luck that I, my clients are just the best people in the world and they value my time. And so many of them will call me to cancel and offer to pay before I even have to remind them. Right. And honestly, like I broke down in tears several times because people were calling and saying, look, I'm really sick. I'm not going to make it. Please charge me. And I just think that is the most beautiful gesture of respect. Mm. And like I honestly broke down in tears and hugged one of my clients because she offered to pay me the last time. That what was the was blowback sick. from the Facebook groups when you when you posted this? opinion about upholding your cancellation policy with these 53 cancellations people think it's unethical to charge a cancellation fee if someone has a good reason so if they're sick or especially if they're sick because we're in a pandemic Mm -hmm. or if they have an emergency that is the biggest blowback I get. It's unethical to charge people. That's that's the argument that I get. That's the, the biggest is, criticism. The problem is it's it then becomes very subjective. What is a valid reason? You know, is somebody's car not starting? Do we take mercy on them and not charge them, but then you're out the money because their car didn't start? Like, you know, where do you then draw the line? And I do understand with COVID and, you know, you and I have talked about this. I've never charged anyone who's canceled because they had COVID symptoms, but 
that's my choice. I'm I'm eating the cost of that. I also massage very part-time. It's not my primary source of income. It is your primary source of income or was. Now you're going to be teaching so. <laughs> but I I can understand that. And I you know, I can see both sides of it. I see why people are saying, "Oh, it's unethical." However, unethical why? Because it because because you're registered healthcare? Because I'm sorry if I have a concert tickets and and exactly. I and I This is sick, exactly what like, I said. I don't call yep. up the venue and be like or call up Ticketmaster say like, "Uh, my car is not starting. Can I get a refund?" This yeah, is exactly, exactly what I say. So is it because it's healthcare? I put out this Facebook post. Um, I, I wrote a newsletter and I put because I, I revamped my cancellation policy. I basically doubled it and put out this Facebook post. And I don't want to say it went viral, but the last time I checked, it had fourteen thousand views and nice. like two hundred comments and forty shares. Like That's it got good. traction. Yeah, yeah. And this is exactly what I said. Your appointment with me is like a concert ticket. Yeah. So my policy is forty eight hours. Any reason, literally any reason. And when you book in with me, you have to sign my policies. And my policies, it's bolded and underlined. You can't miss it. And it says, if I cancel or reschedule my appointment with less than 48 hours notice for any reason, I agree to pay the full treatment cost. No, comma, really, comma, all caps, any reason. Right. And they have to sign this. And um, And I tell people, your appointment with me is like a concert ticket. So you book an appointment in advance and it's even better than a concert ticket because a concert ticket is all sales or final. Right. For me, you have up until 48 hours before that appointment to decide whether or not you're going to make it. And if you cancel outside of that 48 hour window, absolutely no problem. I can fill it. Once you hit that 48 hour mark, you have officially purchased my time and all sales are final. And your only option is if you can't make it, Send a friend in your place right. or absorb the cost, just like a concert ticket. When I buy a concert ticket and I wake up that day and I'm sick or I break my leg or my car won't start or it's snowing or I have to skip town, I sell the ticket to a friend mm -hmm. or I eat the cost. I don't call up Ticketmaster and yell at them and say they're being greedy and threaten a one-star Google review right. and demand a refund because I'm sick. Ticketmaster is not responsible for my circumstances. Mm -hmm. I, as a business person, am not financially responsible for other people's circumstances. I can be absolutely empathetic and I can have immense empathy for people's situations, but I can't pay for them. This is my livelihood. And my stance on this, I got a lot of blowback for this. I got a lot of flack for this. I am not telling other massage therapists that they have to do this. And yeah, I do make exceptions. I have a heart. But if you are a client of mine, you agree to this policy you as a condition yep. of working yep. with me and you are a consenting adult. You agree to this and it is not a secret. By the time you come to my house for the first time for a massage, you have been notified and reminded of my policy literally eight times. See, this is why I wouldn't use the words unethical. I might, I might allow that to go if you spring this policy on someone as they're canceling. Right. Yeah, right? they have to consent to exactly. it. Exactly. So they've everyone and anyone that's your patient agree, a patient or client agrees. This is what I'm getting into. This is the contract I'm signing here, and therefore I'm just going to abide by it. And no one's tying your hands and forcing you to sign anything. You are agreeing to. To do so yep. that's why i don't think you can throw around it's unethical i mean you're not blindsiding anybody and everyone
everyone's in agreement. And anyone that disagrees, they just don't have to be a, a client of yours. Exactly. Right? And it really, it actually kind of creeps me out when when people say, like especially when massage therapists say this, it's unethical to charge somebody when they're sick. What I hear is, if you think it's unethical for a business to honor the agreement that the client willingly opted into, I'm yes. not, I've never in my life forced anybody to get a massage with me. <laughs> when you say it's table. unethical to honor that agreement, it's it's a contract, basically. When you say it's unethical, here's what I hear. I hear that you make appointments with other service providers and you cancel on them and you don't pay them. Mm-hmm. That is a dick move. So that's all I want. If Whether you don't have to follow my policies, you don't have to agree with my policies. If you don't agree with my policies, fine. All that means is you can't get a massage from me. Yep. That's all it means. And that is fine. I don't want to work with people who don't agree with my policies. And that's not everybody. And that's totally fine. And I'm not telling you how to run your business. If you're a massage therapist and you don't charge people for XYZ reason, go nuts. Have fun. Right. But if you, as a consumer, book an appointment with a service provider, with a hairstylist, with a massage therapist, with a tattoo artist, with whatever, and you agree to their policy, you know their policy, and Mm. you agree to it, and you sign it, fucking honor it. To me, that's unethical. It is unethical to agree to pay somebody for their time and then back out and call them the unethical one. Mm. It's hypocritical and honestly, I think it's dirty and it's gross and it creeps me out. Can we remind people as well that the policy works both ways? Nikki will never cancel an appointment with you last minute and you don't get anything out of that because your time is also valuable. If I cancel on you on short notice, I reschedule you and give you a free massage. I did that once because... I had tickets to see Phil Collins and I forgot. I didn't write it down on my calendar and right. I had tickets to see Phil Collins the next night and I had a massage booked at the time of the concert and I was like, oh shit. So I called her up and I the day before and I said, look, this is really embarrassing. Not because Phil Collins is embarrassing, but because I forgot. <laughs> I went to a Phil Collins concert. Phil Collins is amazing. <laughs> I just saw Genesis actually in the in the like one week window where we were allowed to go to concerts. I went and saw Genesis. Anyway. You know, he hates Paul McCartney, but anyway. I, really? Yeah, he does. I just read an article about it. It's actually really interesting. Who hates Paul McCartney? Because Paul McCartney apparently has a way of talking to people that makes it seem that you should be feeling special right now because you're talking to a beetle. I mean, I would. He's right about that. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so I had tickets to this Phil Collins concert and I completely forgot. And I called this woman up and I said, look, this is really embarrassing, but you have a massage tomorrow. I have a Phil Collins concert at the same time. Can I reschedule you to next week? It's on the house. And she said yes. And she's still my client. So to me, it's all about respecting people's time. My number one pet peeve in the universe, if you want to skyrocket yourself to the top of my hit list... You waste my time. Mm. I will not have my my time wasted and I will not waste other people's time if I can avoid it. And if for any reason, even if it's the best reason in the world, if I have to cancel on you, if I have an emergency, if I get sick, if I get COVID, if anything happens to me, if I cancel an appointment on you and I reschedule your massage, it's free. And if I have a hair appointment or if I book a massage with you, Mark, and I wake up the day of and I have a fever, I call you and I say, hey, not going to make it. Please charge me. That's the way it's I reasonable. roll. So to reasonable. me, it's it just, it's all about respect. I have the utmost respect for people's time. I require the same in return. And because of this, because I clearly communicate this and because I'm very picky with my clients, I say no more often than I say yes. Right. I only work with people who 
not just agree to it, but support it. Like my clients will come to me and they'll say, oh my gosh, of course, it's not your fault my kid got sick. It's not your fault my car didn't start. To like, me, that's really they funny. They think the same way that I do and they offer to pay me. I've had people cancel and e-transfer me the money yeah. before I even realized that they canceled. It's funny to me that other therapists would would would, would be like, oh, that's so unethical, blah, blah. And your own clients are like, no, like this is, this is, <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's, but it's weird it's, that you're again, it's their, for it's their the own, client and the client's okay with it. It's their own mentality though, because even myself, even though, as I said, I've never, um, I've never charged someone when they're sick. That's my decision. I'm choosing to eat the cost. Right. I think Nikki's policy is very reasonable just to make that clear, but I had a client um, a couple weeks ago. She's a brand new client. I've only treated her one time. And when she came in for her second appointment, she screwed up the time. She showed up. She showed up. Hours she showed early. up two hours early. She has a newborn baby, like an eight-week-old baby. She showed up two hours early because she mixed up her massage appointment with um, like her Cairo appointment the next day. So she was uber apologetic. She offered to pay me. And I decided out of my own because I felt, you know, like okay about it. I said, this is your first time. Mm -hmm. But just so you know, my policy is 24 hour because she had, I didn't have her sign a policy or anything. Like you said, I wouldn't spring it on her. I said, I appreciate you offering to pay me. I will let this time slide because it was your first one. The next time you can't make it, if I don't get 24 hours notice, you will have to pay. And she was totally cool with it. In fact, she just rebooked. So like, you know, it's as long as you're being respectful of the person, like Nikki said, make your policy whatever you want it to be. But uphold it then. There's no point in having a cancellation policy if every single person you're going to say, oh, that's a good reason. I'm not going to charge you. You might oh, that's as well a good not reason. have one You might all. as well not have yeah. one. And it's fine if you don't want to have one. Do do whatever you want to do. If you don't want to have one, good luck. Do whatever you want to do. I don't recommend that, but good luck. But no, I'm 100% with you. I, To me, it's all about the gesture. Right. Off, just offer to pay me. Just recognize mm. that you value my time. And I am going to be 10 times more likely to let it slide. Yeah. If you say to me, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I got the time wrong or oh my gosh, I got stuck late at work or whatever the excuse is, I value your time. Please, please charge me. That's really going to make me want to go, you know what? It's your first time. Mm. Yeah. Don't it's worry on the about house. It this time. Like yep. let them go with a warning kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> and then the next time it happens, then then they definitely know. And then the next I don't, time feel, it happens, I don't feel bad no at all because right. I'm like, hey man, I already, I already let one slide. Yep. So yeah, I'm not like... I'm not a monster about it. I know. I think people are reading this stuff and thinking like, you know, you're trying to take people's money for not doing anything, but they're not looking at it as it's not that you didn't want to do something. You booked that person. I was ready and waiting. You were ready to treat. And because you're not treating, then you don't make any money. So you can't afford to pay your bills. And then what? Mm -hmm. You have to shut down your practice and nobody gets treatment. It it makes absolute sense to have a cancellation policy and uphold it, whatever that is. So for example, the letting the first one slide has always and forever been my policy. Like everybody gets one warning mm -hmm. and it goes in their file, like I the date that. of the morning, because after that, as you I said, do that too. No I write excuse. it down. I'm like, they got their free. They got a warning. <laughs> and after the warning, I can't, I don't feel bad. You know, if you miss an appointment, you have to pay. I could have done something else in that time. Yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. I wonder how many people that are giving you blowback on that are people that actually own their own business or they're just working right. for someone and they have a split and, you know, who cares? I don't make my 60 no, bucks for this it's hour. No, it's I'm, the opposite. Really? It's the people who own their own business are the ones that get mad at me because they don't honor their own policies wow, okay. and they don't make money. Gotcha. The people who are therapists, who are contractors, who work for a business, yeah. they're upset when they don't get paid. When they go into work and a client cancels and they don't get paid, they're upset. Mm. But it's the business owners. 
that criticize me the most. Honestly, though, I say like 99% of the criticism I receive is from massage therapists. Mm-hmm. They're not my target clients. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's fine. If well, you, you don't got, like you it, you got a lot elsewhere. of support too. So, you know, there are a lot of people who feel the same way the three of us do because I do, I did see the post and a lot of people were like, good for you. You know what? You should be getting paid for your time. Yeah, I'm not going broke because you had car troubles. I'll be like, oh man, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Um, cash or credit? <laughs> uh, I dig it. Anyway, that was my last unpopular opinion from the last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to start in on some new yeah, ones? Let's get some new stuff. Okay. Ooh, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, so this has been a mantra that I've had for the past year. And I'm guys, this is life changing. This is like a mindset shift I had, and it changes everything. I created this rule for myself. Unpopular opinion number 11. Anyone can ask for anything. Anyone can ask for anything. Anyone can ask for anything. So I'll give you some examples. Yeah. So I thought of this when I was in a a massage therapist Facebook group ages ago. And there was a clinic owner who had um, a a contractor working with them, a, a woman massage therapist working under this clinic owner. And the massage therapist came and asked the clinic owner for a raise. So let's say they, the, the therapist was on like a 60% split and she asked for a 65% split or something. And the clinic owner didn't really know what to do about that. And so she shared in this face, Facebook group for massage therapists, um, you know, my contractor just asked for a 5% split raise. Like, what do you guys think? What should I do? Mm-hmm. And the comments, my God, People went after this poor contractor who I don't even know who the contractor was. I don't know what the clinic was. People went after her. The comments that were coming out from other massage therapists and other clinic owners was, how dare she? She's being entitled. She's, uh, you know, threatening you. She's going to quit if you don't give her the raise and that's not fair to you and she doesn't know how hard you work and like she doesn't know the cost of running a business and basically it was like Mm -hmm. how dare she even ask like how dare she that's so entitled Mm. and i was again always the lone wolf anytime you see me commenting on a facebook post i'm always like the black sheep right and i was like okay first of all first of all this is a woman probably i'm guessing if it's a new massage therapist probably a young woman standing up for herself and and trying to negotiate and just trying to ask for more. Mm-hmm. And I am asking. all about women asking for more mm-hmm. out of life from everybody. That's all I want in the world is for women to ask for more and to get more. And we're not going to get more unless we ask for it. Um, so kudos to her for asking. Secondly, like put the pitchforks down, entitled and, you know, threatening and like, this isn't fair and all that. I was like, it's a simple question. Can I get an extra 5%? Yeah. You're the clinic owner. You're the only one that knows your numbers. You're clinic the clinic owner. owner. You can say yes. You can say no. Yep. Or you can negotiate. Yep. The question is not a sense of entitlement no, by definition. No, I agree. This just, so my rule is anyone can ask for anything and you can say no. Exactly. We just talked about this the other day because I have a friend who owns a clinic and one of her contractors, RMT, says like, hey, can I get a, an increase in my split? And she messaged me. She's like, what do I do here? It's like, I can't afford this right now. I'm and like, that's yeah. that's the answer. You, you can't afford you're it. You're in a global pandemic and you're, you're struggling to keep everyone employed and you're struggling to keep your clinic open. And maybe that's just the conversation that you need to have. And 
that's it. That's pretty much what I said. Like you can't shoot them down for asking for what they want to get for themselves. It's it's up to you now and how you want to handle it. I have a couple of thoughts on this. One, you, you can't, yeah, you can't shoot someone down for asking one, like you never, you never get what you want out of life if you don't ask for it. So I, I would like to know where the commenters got the word threatening. Was there anything in the original posters, um, like, statements about the therapist said either you give me the five percent or i quit which was is absolutely but, but that's fine but too. even but that's also fine There's nothing you know this is that. a person saying this is what i need to make to survive exactly. and pay for my own life if I can't get can here, you offer me that and if you can't i'm, I'm gonna have to find, to find it find elsewhere else. i still don't see it as a threat it's not a threat no it's, it's not. a boundary right so I, I like i just don't know where and this that was sort of leading into my second thought is when you go on facebook to ask an opinion on something uh-huh. all of these comments they are like taking this personally and Mm -hmm. like projecting things that have nothing to do with the original like you weren't there you don't know the circumstances you don't know the clinic owner's financial situation you don't know the contractor's financial situation and so in that case I think even the clinic owner asking that question in a public forum that it was probably better for that person to sit down and look at their own numbers and figure out what can I afford to pay my people mm-hmm. and still maintain the business that to make sure that everybody has a place to work. And if the answer was, I can't afford the extra 5% right now, then you talk to your contractor. Yep. I really value you. I want you to stay on. This 5% isn't feasible for me to continue operating my business right now. Maybe we can talk again in X amount of months, you know, right. something, but going to Facebook land to ask this question. You know, I'm not trying to offend the clinic owner, but that's not the place to go because everyone's thinking of their own circumstances. Clinic owners love to throw around the word entitled about their contractors. It's their favorite word. And contractors these days, I feel like, you know, just because of people online and like, you know, I mean, we do it as well. We're always in the in the corner of the RMT because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, we like to support other therapists. But it's like, then there's some contractors that feel like I deserve everything. Everybody has forgotten that in these situations, it always has to be mutually beneficial. And if it's not, then there needs to be changes. Somebody maybe has to go and you don't have to burn a fucking bridge because of that. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, just let them ask the question. And then you get to choose how you respond. Absolutely. But the, you know, entitled and she can't do that. Threatening. How, how dare she? Threatening. I was like, what the? <laughs> but what you said, it actually, uh, my unpopular opinion number 15 is, uh, we'll get to it. Facebook is the worst place to get advice. <laughs> but that's 100%. just what you said. We'll talk about that after. Um, so yeah, anyone can ask for anything. So I had a client who, she's a little high maintenance. And she messaged me because she wanted to shift an appointment and so she said, you know, oh, well, can you just um, move somebody else out of that spot and put me there instead? And I had a moment of like this entitled little so-and-so like how dare and I had my little hissy fit of like, how dare she? And she is so entitled. And then I stopped and I paused and I said, wait a minute, I made up a rule. Anyone can ask for anything. She's and, just asking. And she's a woman. I was like, this is a woman asking for something. And I always want to support that. So I, I had my hissy fit, my little silent in my head, hissy fit, my little tantrum. How and long then, did that last? It, five minutes. Okay. And then I calmed down. Six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I calmed down and I said, wait a minute, remind myself, anyone can ask for anything. And that I instant calm. Instantly, I was like, oh, she's just asking for something. And so I wrote back and I said, um, hey, uh, I don't shift appointments around mm-hmm. in general, but if something opens up, I'll, I'll let you know. And she was like, okay. 
and it ended up not being a big deal at all. It's just I turned it into this story of like, she's entitled because she asked a question. Then I was like, wait a minute. No, a question, a demand maybe is is coming from a sense of entitlement. But a yeah. question like, hey, can I get this thing? Or hey, how about this? Mm. That's it's just a question. Calm down. <laughs> and again, if you we don't do, do. ask, do it all the time. if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And Mark will tell you 99% of our arguments in life ever have always come from me having my little hissy fit mm-hmm. until I learned because he's the guy that thinks anything's possible, right? So he'll, oh, yeah. come, up, he'll come up with some crazy fucking idea. Mark's a dreamer. Crazy <laughs> idea. I love it. And he will present it to me before he's even thought it through. But he's just looking for my input. And it took me some time to like really realizing he's just asking. He's not saying this is what I'm going to do. This is the direct. He's just saying, what if we did this? And so he'll present some idea to me and Old Amanda used to say, like, I would just stare at him with this look of disgust. And then he knew right (laughs) away, like, I need my shield. She's about to start firing. And eventually I realized he's just asking. And all I have to do is say, okay, back up for a second. If we proceeded with this idea the way you're presenting it, this is going to be a problem. This is going to be. And once we talk about it, then he's like, oh, okay, you know, back to the drawing board. But He's just asking. But it, it, how many fights has it caused when you come to me and you're like, can I book a podcast at like 11 p.m. on a Thursday? I'm like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, have you lost your goddamn mind? He doesn't sleep, though. <laughs> exactly. So he's just asking, would I want to record you, a podcast at 11 p.m.? And all I have to say is, absolutely not. Think yeah, of something else. Yeah, and then he else. can do it on his own if you want. It's more fun when you're here. No offense, Mark. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I've applied this rule to life business, honestly, like steal this rule, guys. This has honestly changed my life. All of that initial anger and resentment that I used to have when mm-hmm. people now, literally anything, anyone can ask for anything. Clients can ask for discounts. Uh, dudes can ask for hand jobs. Mm-hmm. Like anyone can ask for anything. And I get to choose how I react to that. Mm-hmm. I get to go, uh, no. Yeah. If I want. And I feel the same way this one. Controversial. I still freak out in my head a little bit. Like the course is clearly fucking sold out. What do you mean? Can you <laughs> can you can you come in? Like, no. Oh, I forgot about that. That drives him crazy. Every time we put on the website sold out, at least six people email us saying, Can you just take, take one more? People want what they can't have. You should put sold out anyway. And then everyone can we do that on the new massage service toolkit? Sold out. But then I always have this like three minute moment of like, come on, it fucking clearly says sold out. Who do you think you are? And then that just fizzles away. And then response is, sorry, it is sold out. The next course is on this date. If you'd like to be placed on a waiting list, please let us know. But I need that three minutes of like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I enjoy that three minutes. I enjoy it. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it never changes my, my, my answer to what's going to happen. Like I never let that influence how I'm going to respond. But I enjoy that three minutes of like, Jesus Christ, come on. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Like but, you know, that you do the same thing as me. Have my little hissy fit and then calm down Absolutely. and then give the answer. Yep. I don't go on Facebook and be like, this un- entitled. I keep calling them untitled. Guys, that's a Smashing Pumpkin song. I'm like stuck in the music world. Entitled. I know English. Um, and then another example. Ooh, just another example of anyone can ask for anything. And I saw a lot of people really getting their back up over it completely unnecessarily. Like, really, it's just to save you from yourself, to save you from your own rage. You can calm down if you apply this rule. Mm -hmm. Clients asking therapists for their vaccine status. So that is something that's happening a lot. Clients are asking clinics and asking therapists what your vaccine status is. And the Internet has erupted. You know, that's private information. 
they can't ask. They're not allowed to ask that. Like, how dare they? And same thing. My stance is anyone can ask for anything. You can say, yes, I'm vaccinated. You can say, no, I'm vaccinated. Or you can say, that's private information. I don't feel comfortable sharing that with you. Mm -hmm. There's no need for. And then the client has a choice. But I don't think the question itself is inappropriate, especially not in the climate that has been created. You know, like if our leaders and the media are saying it's okay because anywhere you go, people are asking you for your vaccination status. If they've made that okay, then how can we hate on individual people for asking that question? I don't ask people other than like when I have to, you know, the screening tool, I have to ask people when they come in. But in general, I don't ask people their vaccination status because for me personally, I don't care. It doesn't affect how I interact with other humans. But there are people who legitimately don't want to be around anyone that's unvaccinated. And you know what? I guess who am I? I would be hypocritical to say that they don't have the right to at least ask the question. Yeah, and they if can you ask. don't want to answer, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You, uh, just as much as that person has the right to say, you don't have the right to that information. And if they then choose, I don't want to be around you, okay, they've exactly. made their choice. You have a choice and they have a choice. There's no need for anger. The vaccine thing does cause a lot of anger though. Oh <laughs> yeah. The fights online are predominantly about that because it's, there's, again, once again, there seems to be this, um, like, this amnesia that people forget that it's not always us versus them. There are people who, so for example, there are many people who are vaccinated, but don't necessarily agree with mandated vaccines. But it's like the minute you say, I don't agree with mandates, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. Yet you're vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's like there can be no middle ground. It's always us versus them. Mm. So people tend to get their backs up if somebody says something that they view as being on this side of an argument or this side. And it's with everything. It's not just with vaccines, but vaccines is a big one right now where there's only two sides. You either support everything and every anything vaccines or you don't. Like mm. there's no middle ground. Gotcha. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's all ridiculous. But yeah, that's that's just that's my new rule. I've applied it to everything and it has this rule has helped me immensely. Anyone can ask for anything. You can say no. And they don't have to like your answer and that's okay. Absolutely. Those are my golden rules for life. Okay. Ready for more? Yeah. Unpopular opinion number 12. This is definitely unpopular. (laughs) Texting your clients is unprofessional. I'm super unprofessional. (laughs) Someone, someone just messaged me maybe two days ago. He, he listens to our podcast and we've, uh, he's taken a couple courses with us or maybe one course. And he, he sent me a message saying like, my boss just read me out for texting a client. He's like, is this something that I shouldn't be? He's a newer MT. Is this something I shouldn't be doing? I said, did your boss ever lay down like the, the expectations with you texting clients? He's like, no. I'm like, well, then that's your boss's problem at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Like to rip you a new one for texting a client at this point when there is zero expectation about whether this is something we want to do in our clinic or not, that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, that should have been in the contract. So for exactly. example, the first place, uh, no, sorry, the, um, the last place that I worked, the last clinic that I actually worked before I went out on my own, she had a very strict rule and it was all clearly laid out about how clients are to be communicated with. You were never to call them from your personal number. You were never to email them from your personal email. We all had a clinic email. I love that. It was very, very structured. And then when I started working for myself, my business phone and my cell phone became one and the same. Yeah, me too. And because of that, for me, because I'm in treatment so often, it was actually became easier for me. And yes, of course, they could email. But to me, it's one and the same since it's all going to the same device. Mm -hmm. So I work alone. I allow my clients to send me. I mean, we don't text like jokes and memes to each other. (laughs) It's always strictly about 
appointment booking, but I don't use like, for example, I know you use uh, Jane app or something along or clinic clinic sense. sense. Sorry. Sorry. Clinic sense. (laughs) So you use practice management software for the longest time. I was considering um, switching over and using Notero, but as I've been scaling more and more and more back, I barely treat. You don't need So I didn't get any practice management software. So the only option for people to book an appointment is they have to call me or email me or text me. Mm -hmm. It has become so easy. It's gotten to a point where my clients just send a text with like a date and a time. And I will either confirm that or send them alternates if it's booked. Like, that's just the way things work it's here. Whatever work, I am all about whatever works for you. So mm-hmm. if that's working for you, that's awesome. So let me hear this. Yeah, texting your clients is unprofessional. So, <laughs> which I'm not saying that nobody should do it ever, right. and that you're wrong if that you do that if you do it. It's it's okay. My opinion is less yeah. that well, it's yeah. unprofessional it's and more and more that I hate it. So okay, I'm, why, why first, do you hate it? Why do you hate it? Well, first of all, I'm old, so I just I don't like typing with my thumbs okay. i hate texting anyone in general if literally anybody if my mom texts me i'm like uh like i just i love my mom <laughs> but i hate texting i hate typing with my thumbs i hate it i'm not fluent in like emoji okay and like the <laughs> short i also always use proper spelling and grammar in right, my text right, messages right. always and i've had oh my god you talking to mark on facebook messenger must drive you nuts i've had people he t- uses no real words people tell me <laughs> people i've had people say like you know, your text messages come across as really serious because you end your sentences with a period. And I'm like, I have an English degree. I end my <laughs> sentences with a period because I'm fluent in the English language. Like, <laughs> I will never, ever, 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 ever text my clients. First of all, the texting app on my phone doesn't work half the time. Like, I was hanging out with my brother one day and I was like, hey, man, how come you haven't like responded to any of my texts for like the past six months? And he said, well, how come you haven't responded to any of my texts? And we pulled out our phones and compared I was sending him text messages that his phone wasn't getting and he was sending me text messages that my phone wasn't getting. And then I found out that a lot of other friends, I've had clients text me with questions and then they come in to see me and they're like, you didn't answer my text. And I'm like, what text? I didn't get it. So if I am in your life, do not ever text me, please. (laughs) It's not going to work. I'm not going to get it. You vibrate a frequency that doesn't allow Um, for texting. Secondly, (laughs) I am all about paper trail. I, if I communicate with my clients, if I, you know, switch an appointment or extend something for 60 minutes to 90 minutes or cancel something or you want proof of I it. want yeah. a paper trail. I want to be like, yep, on this in this email on this day at this time with a timestamp like I don't want to scroll through my old text messages and try to take a screenshot like I want documentation. I want it in my email folder. Um and also, again, if you go in these Facebook groups and you see people will share screenshots of text messages message conversations that they're having with clients and they're texting and the therapists are spelling errors and um and I understand that this is a snobby thing and like English is not everybody's first language and mm-hmm. I'm I'm sympathetic to that but like spelling errors short forms mm-hmm. like c u t m r w heart face emoji and I'm like oh my god you are a healthcare provider like, I wonder if they would do that in an email cuz yeah that's like if my doctor mm-hmm. was like See you, See you tomorrow, winky tomorrow face. for your pap smear, <laughs> wink face. I'd be like, this is so weird. <laughs> like, looking forward to the colonoscopy poop emoji. <laughs> I'm not that.
adult. I'm not colonoscopy old. Oh my like, god, that's so funny. Um, I understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But just to me, it's just like, it, ooh, oh, I just, I just, I, oh. And then I see these these back and forths that people have with clients, especially with new client, like I like somebody that you haven't met yet, and they text and they say, "What are your rates?" And then you write back and you go, "It's eighty five dollars for the hour," and then blah blah blah. And then they write back and they go, "When are you available?" And then you write, and it's screenshot after screenshot after screenshot of all this back and forth back to me it's so don't waste my time it wastes so much time and i see these conversations and i see these disagreements and these arguments or people like therapists texting their clients to go um hey uh i have to cancel your appointment because i'm sick and they'll text it and i'm like my god i would never i would never if i have to cancel on anybody for any reason i'm going to call you i'm going to get you on the phone i'm going to leave you a voicemail i'm going to email you i'm going to message you through my my booking software like I would never just shoot you a text and be like, can't make it, peace sign emoji, like, (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) I just, to me, that's so, I think it's so unprofessional. Like, I've never texted my dentist. I've never texted my doctor. Like, I just, I don't get it. So this is what this kid was, he's he's, he's not a kid, but he's way younger than me. And this is what he was saying. He's like, is he was genuinely asking me, he's like, is this a thing where I shouldn't be texting my clients? Because like, I do this with everybody. Like, I just text my chiropractor this morning and he's texting me back. Like, that's how we make appointments. He's like, this is how I do it with a lot of the people that I see, whether they're healthcare or not. He's, he's like, this is how I handle a lot of my appointments and this is how these professionals are handling it with me. So he just brought that to his mm. new clinic that he's been hired at and they didn't like it too much. See, I think it is definitely shifting. Nikki called herself old. She's not because she's barely I'm older old. than you. She's barely older than <laughs> I am and she's younger than Mark. So she's not I'm younger old. than Mark. That's what's most important. <laughs> that's what's important. That's what's most important. Um, But I think it is shifting where, you know, younger people are used to texting. I will agree with you, though, if you're going to communicate through text messages. So as you were talking about, you know, canceling an appointment with a client, as an example, if there's a day where I have to cancel all of my clients because I'm sick, I write something Mm -hmm. like that's going out to everybody. And it's sent in the method that we communicate. So some people communicate with me through email. So I will take what I've written and I send it to their email. If our appointment was booked through text, I take that communication, I send it through text, but it's proper spelling and grammar. I'm not using emojis. It's, you know, an explanation like, you know, dear clients, you know, unfortunately, yeah. this is, and I write something and I explain to them, I will be in touch via phone or email or whatever on this date to reschedule all of your appointments. Like something that at least shows that I didn't just write like, not going to make it, peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A professional sounding text to me is okay if if that's the mode of communication. If that's only if that's the mode right. of communication that they have. Cho- like I don't just start texting clients. That is not a thing. I, I have do. literally never texted a client first. No, if that's they text not something me, I don't I do. accept people to just start texting me. Like no, you gotta, you gotta ask me first. Like, is it okay that I correspond with you via text and that way I'm like my yeah, clients will text me and I will respond via email. I'll be like, hey, got your text, blah, blah, and I'll like shift, shift it. it over there. I never text, and also. Okay, I have a 416 number, which uh, is oh the- Oh my God, o- you're a unicorn. It's the, that, I told you I'm old. I'm a 416. 416 is the, the OG Toronto area code. It's so right. my cell phone is a 416 number because I've had the same number for 20 years. So why are people assuming when it's a When people cell? text me yeah. and I'm like, what makes you think this isn't a landline? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't that, know me. <laughs> that actually does really bother me because again, I would never do that for like a doctor's office, even a physiotherapy office. Like my initial contact with a professional is always telephone. Yep. And maybe right. that's my age, but yeah, exactly, I don't, <laughs> I don't just text someone, but I cannot believe the number of people who go on my website 
and they've never met me before and they'll send me a text message, not even introduce themselves. Oh yeah. Nothing. I just, need a massage. Yeah. Excuse me. I don't even answer them. I literally delete them. Yeah. I'm like, you want to have a conversation with me? Fucking call me mm-hmm. or at the very least, introduce yes. yourself. How did you get my contact? I, I don't even entertain them. Yeah, who someone are you, messages stranger me? on the phone? Yeah, that's that's what I do. Anytime someone, they, they well, they'll ask, is it okay that I text? And I'm like, do me a favor when you're going to text. Identify tell me, yourself. Tell me who you are, right? Tell me who you are, why you're texting me and blah, 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 blah. It's like, don't just be like, hey, I need a massage. Hey, do you do tutoring? No, man. Tell me who the fuck you are and where you got my contact information. And, and then we can go from there. But I that's, I'm okay with the text. Though. I also just hate text messages in general because yeah. like, if somebody texts me, like if you text me to be like, hey, are you bringing wine today? If I read that text and that notification turns to, you know, red, if I can't respond right away, it's as if it never happened. Like it's gone. It's out of my memory. I don't right. remember that it happened. Whereas if you email me a question and I can't answer it right away, that email sits in my inbox. And every time I open Gmail, I can see it. And mm-hmm. it's like this action item of like, oh, that's that thing that I have to get back to. But I am infamous for reading a text message, not being able to respond, and then completely forgetting I'm, that I'm, it even I'm happened. I'm actually quite the reverse. I I respond more urgently to text messages than I do email any fucking time. Like email to me, when, when I get an email, I'm like, I can get back to this anytime before the day's over. But when I get a text, I feel I feel a little bit more urgent. Yeah, but if you can't, if you can't respond no, no, I'm, right agree. away, then you're to me it's like, it's like it never happens. I respond to everything. Pretty you're reachable. Fast. Yeah, you're yeah, re- you I'm are... also, I'm not reachable. Like when yeah. people text me, I'm giving a massage. Like I might not see that text for eight hours. But anyway, yeah. I'm not saying everybody shouldn't do with that's not at all no, what I'm saying. I'm saying your, I don't do opinion, it. But when I see these screenshots of these text message conversations that that therapists and clients have, and I know like you develop a friendship with your clients right. and some of them are like friendly and some of them do send emojis and memes and whatever. That's that's cool. Be cool friends with your clients you if you want. <laughs> but when I see these text message exchanges with clients who are asking questions or there's this back and forth of how Saturday, how's Tuesday, what about this? What are your rates? What are your this? What are your that? And I look at the back and forth and I'm just like, my God, this all could be avoided with a five-minute phone call. Yep. Or with a quick email going, here's my website. All yeah. the information is on this. Well, I don't like thing. a text that lasts for days. No, no. I can't that handle I the like. back and forth. Because to me, if somebody texts right me now. and I respond, now I've just opened the floodgates to right. more text messages and I don't want that. So I just I think I the don't bottom, do it. The bottom line here is you are, for lack of a better way of saying, because I hate when I say it like this, but it sounds because it sounds horrible. You're teaching your people how to how to interact with 100%. you. hundred yes. percent. Right? Yeah. You so, train people how exactly. to treat you. Yeah. With the text message thing, I will agree. The back and forth is one, it is wasting time. I don't engage in that. And it's something that you could just resolve it and walk away. So if there is a back and forth starting, like I would never, if someone texts me and says, hey, what are your rates? My initial response would be, you can find all of the information, my rates, my location, everything on my On website. this website, here's and the link. And I send them the link. Yep. And that's it. Yep. And at that point, you know, the funny part is they probably got your phone number from the link. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They absolutely (laughs) did. When they say, what are your rates? I'm like, it's on the website where you got this number. (laughs) That is the point. That's why I never respond to people with my rates. If you have a Google business listing, I think that's what happens to me when I get phone calls and texts and people go, what are your rates and where are you located and what are your hours? You couldn't just click on website? Yeah. I'm like, click the website button. It's all there. Like there's an FAQ section. Like just just go right there. So I'm not saying don't text your clients. I'm not saying everybody who texts their clients is unprofessional. I'm saying I'm old. I hate texting. I get it. If you're in my life, don't ever text me. And I don't do it. The only time I'll do it is if like I've had clients who are running late and they'll text me and go stuck on the subway. I'll be 15 minutes late. And I write back and I say, you know, thanks for letting me know. See you soon. With proper punctuation and of course, (laughs) capitalization and grammar. That's just me. So 
Okay. <laughs> Unpopular opinion send. number 13. Poop emoji send. Yeah, poop emoji. <laughs> See for your colonoscopy, <laughs> wink. <laughs> oh, that wink has glove two meanings emoji. to it. I don't know if there is a glove emoji. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's there's the finger. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Peach emoji. That's the bomb one. <laughs> That's the bomb one. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, unpopular opinion number 13. Passion is overrated. I got this one from my dad, you guys. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. Sure. My dad taught me. My dad, um, he's no longer with us. Bless his soul. He uh, was like a serial entrepreneur. He was right. an immigrant. He immigrated to Canada from Egypt by way of Germany and then Sweden and then came to Canada he had a thing for blondes so <laughs> and my mom's blonde um so he got what he wanted and he he built a mini empire for himself in Canada and he was so wise and so intelligent and really really knew business like okay. he he was you guys get along he was obsessed with business and i used to work at uh hmv you know, when I was in my 20s, like I worked at a record store making minimum wage. Right. And then I, I worked at a record label practically making, making minimum, minimum wage. <laughs> like I so I always had the because cool, fun job. Music is your passion. Yeah, because I was obsessed with music and I was passionate about it. And and my dad would tell me, look, you don't have to be passionate about your work. You have to be good at it. And so he taught me, you're work your job it has to be something that you're good at and it has to be something that people are willing to pay you for and if you love it great if you're passionate about it great but what's more important than passion is be good at it and make sure it's something that people will pay you for and when i went back to school i chose massage therapy and a friend of mine said how did you know you were going to like it when you enrolled in school and i said i didn't and i didn't care about that it didn't matter to me whether or not I loved it. What mattered more was that I'd be good at it and somebody would pay me for it. See, this is the question that I was I, waiting for this. <laughs> you said that I'm like, this is the question that I always want to know from from the big cats. I want to know this from the big Am cats. Am I a big cat? Well, uh, from 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 someone that uh, from someone <laughs> that runs a really really large operation. So, I'll give you an example. When we did the Canadian Massage Conference because it was done virtually, we were going to do it, we we're going to do it in person that went that went away really fast because of COVID. So, we went from a hotel convention space to like what are we going to do we're doing this virtually and and then the best guy and then the, the <laughs> dude that runs this company that 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 builds therapy tables card and tables he offered his space he's he's got this massive warehouse space he's got a couple of them and then he's got these classrooms in them and he says you guys can use the classrooms here and so after we did the first day of stuff he, he he's in and out all the time you know checking out what we're doing and then he takes us on a tour of, of the operation. By the way, taking a tour of the warehouse where they build massage tables, I didn't expect it to be so exciting. I was like, <laughs> I was so into this. Like the way this guy has this place organized. But, that would be but, fun. Kind but of. It's so cool. <laughs> so so I'm listening to this guy talk about tables and he's 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 like, obviously he knows all about tables because he, he builds fucking all these different therapy tables. And then he's telling us the story how he was doing stuff with light bulbs first. 
and then he went into manufacturing parts for airbags. Air yeah, and then they he realized like there's a lot of similarities between making tables and all the all of the suppliers that we use for the airbags, and so he got into making tables. And so I'm thinking to myself like you don't love tables, you don't love light bulbs, you don't love airbags, you you love manufacturing, you love business, mm-hmm. and so I want to I want to know and more. You're good at like, it, and you're good at it, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that's when it really clicked in my mind. I'm like holy fuck like everyone that's riding the passion thing so hard i'm like this this dude's like loving life and he loves his job and he's good at his job and he employs a lot of people and everything else and he probably doesn't love fucking tables the same way i have a friend of mine whose dad runs an electronics uh, manufacturing company and i'm like he doesn't care about microchips he Mm -hmm. just loves business yeah yeah and that's that was an eye-opening moment for me. I'm like, totally. Wow. I got this lesson from my dad. And trust me, when I was 20 and I was working at HMV, I was like, you don't know me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Passion is dad. everything. And then I got a job at a record label and it was a shrinking company and there were layoffs every year. Yeah. And I remember calling him one day. It was layoff day because there'd be like a day every year <laughs> where they would bring in an outside company to come in and lay people off en masse because they would right. lay like 20, 30 people off in a day and they'd have to bring you know, outside reinforcement to do that. <laughs> and you knew you'd go into work and you'd see all the cars and go, oh, it's layoff day. It's the day. Like, yeah. and I remember calling my dad and I was like, I might not have a job in an hour. Yeah. And he said, look, I don't know why anybody would want to work for a shrinking company, but you're clearly getting something out of it. Right. You seem to be enjoying yourself. You seem to keep wanting to stay there. So go nuts. But I personally would never work for a shrinking company, and I was like, he had a point. That takes a lot to to go. Like this happened to this happened to us as well when we were we were teaching at a private career college, and I was teaching there for a long time. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I love teaching, and this is this is not this is not like an awesome paying job. And the only way that I made good money at it was I taught nonstop. I would teach a more I would teach five hours in the morning, then I teach four hours in the afternoon. This is when you were teaching this at the school. This is when I was teaching in the school. Then I would teach five hours in the evening. The only way because you didn't get paid a lot per hour. Oh I know. So the, I got hired exactly. as a TA and so, I was like Mm-mm. So the only way that I made like really good money is I literally would be in the building and I would be teaching like you know fourteen hours. He'd leave home at seven in the morning and most nights we wouldn't see 11. him till like eleven, eleven thirty PM. Right. It was wow. ridiculous. I mean, he was making it was, a killing, it was but easy. that's only because was, he was teaching it was all it was fucking easy day. Work. I was super passionate about it. And then I sat down one day and I really took a look around at the company itself. And I'm like, these motherfuckers are finding every way possible to try to pay people less. I'm like, in what universe do I want to stay with a company that is actively trying to find a way to pay me less the longer I'm there and the more loyal that I am? I'm like, this is ass backwards. I'm getting out of this as fast as I could. And and then we, we birthed this from our lady bits. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And don't get me wrong. I'm a very passionate person. I love passion. Passion is great. And if you can be passionate about your job and if you can love what you do, that's amazing. But from a marketing perspective, as somebody who, you know, I've invested a lot of time and energy and money developing the skills of sales, marketing, and copywriting, I can tell you right now, your consumers don't give a shit what you're passionate about. All they care about is, are you good at it and can you help me? And you can find ways to bring your passions into every aspect of your life. So we just toured 
Nikki's practice space Yay! the other day. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. You guys came to my house. And you know what? It There's no question about who she is. Like your entire, every detail of what you've done in that space screams you from the animal print cushions, the bright colors on the walls, all the music, paraphernalia, the fight club stuff. I had to admit to her, I've never seen fight club. Nobody <laughs> hate me. Do not take out your pitchforks. We need to fix that. <laughs> but it's, you know, you manage to create this space where you get to work every day. I mean, yes, live work, but it shows who you are and all of your passions are there. And the work you do with your clients, that's your that's your job. That's your job that you're good at, but you've managed to incorporate it in such a way that it's just, yeah, you can still love it, but it's not that you're so passionate about massage therapy. You are a good massage therapist and you've created an environment to work in that makes you happy to go to work. I've I've I'm thrilled with my life, honestly. And I I do love massaging, mm-hmm. but that was not my primary motivator. Like I did not know that I was going to love it. And I honestly didn't particularly care whether or not I loved it. I wanted to be self-employed and this was the vehicle. And it turns out I do love it. I really lucked out. But yeah, my dad taught me, you don't have to love your job. You have to be good at it and people have to pay you for it. And I used to think that was so backwards. I was like, no, passion is everything. Mm. And then I realized like, I had jobs that I was passionate about and they had major problems. So, and then the other thing I want to say from a marketing perspective, if I read one more massage therapist bio that says, I'm passionate about helping people, I'm passionate about equine massage and horses, and I'm passionate about living your best life. And like, it's fine, but it's not a selling feature. Like, nobody's going to, book with you or buy from you because you're passionate about it. They're going to book with you and they're going to buy from you if you can adequately convince them that you are the solution to their problems. Yes. So I would say rewrite your bio, take passion out of it and and make it all about the prospective buyer. That's that's my marketing tip. Passion is great, but you're going to struggle if it's the driving force, I think. I will add in If you absolutely hate your circumstances, like hate your job, hate your, that's different than not being passionate about it. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't hate your job. (laughs) Please find another one. There are lots of jobs. There is no sense in hating what you have to do every day. But you also don't have to be like, this is what I dreamed of since I was four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be your life's passion. I think a lot of that rolls into though. I think we we talked about this a little bit yesterday, whatever day we did the other podcast, um that a lot of massage therapists, they roll their whole identity into being a massage therapist. Yeah. Right? My life is about massage therapy. I am about massage. I am massage therapy and then everything you do becomes massage therapy. It's like so much of an identity piece that I think that you feel you have to be passionate about. I don't know. Maybe I just made that all up. But no, I feel I feel like a lot of things it's a massive part of their identity. It's not even just our our industry, though. So, for example, I know Any people industry. who are yeah event planners and who work in the wedding industry. That has been v- so closely tied to their identity. You know, everything in their social media is about like weddings and events and parties. That is and- my nightmare job: wedding planner. Oh, yeah. like worst job in the world: wedding planner. All right, <laughs> so. 
do not ask Nikki to help plan your wedding. <laughs> don't she even invite me no to your interest. wedding. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go to your wedding. I don't want to plan it. I, I just feel like it's a it's a big identity piece. But again, I think that's part of the um, and it, this is just me thinking things. What the hell do I know? But I think again, part of the um, climate that has been created is that you are somewhat your profession like it is everybody does sort of tie their identity to their profession which it wasn't like that when our parents got jobs that's what they were they were jobs to support their life and their life was who they are you know their life with their friends and their family and their vacations and their off time and so that's why like a lot of older people are very very hardcore about work-life balance whereas then like you know we try to talk about work-life balance but it doesn't really exist because everybody seems to be so tied to what their career is especially like, if you're self-employed yeah if you you're guys self-employed know. Like, you it's work one and the same yeah we do i do i do too i work i mean i'm only massage part-time but like i'm doing some kind of work every day do you also think geographically where you're from makes a difference too so for example i oh, was for re- sure if was you're italian a- it's all about the vacation i was reading an article uh, i can't remember where i was reading this article but it was comparing like life in in like a metropolitan city in ontario compared to a metropolitan city in bc and when you ask people here like people will always ask you like what do you do for work what do you do for work what do you do for work versus a larger metropolitan city out in bc it's like what do you do for fun what do you do for leisure oh that's nice yeah it's it's like we don't care what you do for work like that's not your identity tell talk to me about what you enjoy to do not what i love you do that for work yeah i wish i yeah. remember where i read that maybe i made that up i don't know <laughs> it's all no, you probably didn't. I've been seeing a lot of these articles posted in different places about, you know, like for example, the 40 hour work week was never created for um like what life is today. The 40 oh, yeah, hour like work... single people who have to do all their own cooking right. and cleaning and childcare and exactly. groceries and you're not supposed to have to work 40 hours, but then also maintain everything else. And also commute in a car three hours a day for some people. Yeah, that's why I'm so torn when it comes to all this stuff because then you also hear the stories of people like Elon Musk like sleeping in a fucking one bedroom apartment on the couch with his partner trying to come up with like the scratch of the beginning of PayPal. Do you know what I mean? And it's like that struggle is a real thing when when you're doing something that is that that demands that type of attention. But again, yeah, it's it's all dependent on what you want and what you know, it's your own boundaries. Like Elon Musk knew I am going to be the most important person in the yeah, universe. That's, that's the entrepreneur and, entrepreneurial yeah, exactly. and I'm gonna exactly. do that. Exactly. Um you know, I seem to be married to somebody very similar who's like, I need to recreate everything and anything. It's not about that. And I'm okay Can with that. Can we call him Elon Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I just have ideas. I like to try to bring them to life. That's all. Right. And so for me, when the seed is planted, like it's, there's no, there's no rest time. It's like, let's try to fucking bring this thing up as fast as possible. I love it. He, Mark will just message me and be like, hey, I got this thing. Can I call you right now and talk about it yeah. right now? Yeah. Like, can I call you right now? I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, yesterday, <laughs> you know, the people, tell me, the people that say like, no, I can't right now. I write them off. I'm like, yes, I'm not asking, I was just I'm not about to say that. <laughs> so move on to the next. I have to sometimes like, you know, sort of like gingerly represent somebody to him. So for example, he described somebody to me yesterday as difficult. I would have never described this person as difficult, but then he said to me, well, 
you sent them an email on this date asking for this information. They responded back with the information. You said, this isn't exactly what we're looking for. And he said, how many how many days ago was it that you said that and they still haven't updated the information? I was like, oh, it's been two weeks. He's like, difficult. We're not working <laughs> with them anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's, you know, that's the way he works. Right, right now or never. The man's got high standards. <laughs> hey man, I respect that. So yeah, I think passion is great. I think it's wonderful. I think it's beautiful. I think it's overrated. I don't think it's everything. It's and the people who are all follow your dreams, I'm always like, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> no, follow the money. <laughs> um, but you can be passionate about your job and yeah. and Absolutely. make a living. And and yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough to have found that. I think massage therapy is amazing, and I'm I'm grateful that I enjoy it. You gotta have a nice balance. You can't it can't it can't be all just one or the other. And it if affords it's all passion, me the opportunity to pursue my other passions. Exactly. Yeah. If it's all passion and you and you can't live, then. The- <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, that's the starving healer, starving artist, starving. I'm not starving. I love my food, guys. I'm not starving (laughs) for anybody. Right on. Thanks for listening to Unpopular Opinions with our guest, Nikki, part one. Make sure that you check out part two. It should be invading your ears very soon. Peace.